Welcome to the heartland of America, as the World Wrestling Federation presents the first ever King of the Ring extravaganza. Tonight, eight of the toughest superstars of the WWF will bang heads in a grueling single elimination tournament to determine once and for all who is the King of the Ring. Hey there, folks. Welcome to Talkin' Tourney's episode number, I believe, 18? I am one of your hosts, Sam Dimaccio, and with me, per usual, someone who decided to do a bit about forgetting my name on a recent podcast, Dan Rice. Dan, how you doing? I'm doing great. That was a test to see if you listen to the other shows on the network. I'm glad to know you do. Dan, always going to listen to you. Always going to yeah. listen to you. Okay, good, 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 good. Well, I just was real salty, and you got it, because the last time you were on, they referred to Talking Attorneys as your show, and I believe one of the first questions is, who is this Dan Rice guy? <laughs> so somehow, instead of Q&T getting the, the anger for that, you got it. I don't really understand it, but you know, here we are. Uh, yeah, well, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? But now we're here. And you re- let's let's actually talk about that. Recently, you were on Q and T R, where you discussed King of DDT in part and Best of Super Juniors. And I recommend anyone go listen to that. Maybe actually pause right now. Go listen to that now. That's gonna be a little bit more timely for me. That gave me stuff currently that I want to watch. I. Was not expecting to want to go watch Best of Super Juniors in 2023. But here we are, Dan. You've done it. There, there's a lot of stuff on there you're going to like, Sam. I it want you to go like ahead and it. go to Cage Match and look at the match lengths. They are Sam match lengths. No, I I, I believe you. Usually they yeah. are. But they're also like little wrestlers I don't like. But then I, we were talking about, hey, I like a lot of these people. We got Bailey, we got Rush, we got Despy. Like, dudes, I'm four. Yeah. Inherent, Titan, making runs, putting the years, putting the work to be the import year after year from CMLL. Who not him? Yeah, I watched. Well, I watched every, every single thing from that, mostly because. I think Q and T have a really good podcast. I'm like, I don't want to screw it up by not knowing what they're talking about. <laughs> but then I was like enjoying it all. And I was like, oh man, I thought this was going to be like homework. And I just breezed through it all, it which is been. not true for a lot of modern wrestling. And since we're on a modern wrestling kick talking about this, I think, I, I don't know if you consider yourself, I would call myself an AEW fan. Been the multiple live shows, keep pretty current with the product. I think it's very telling that we're doing this the Sunday of Double or Nothing, and we didn't pause or consider not doing it tonight at all. Oh, yeah. I, I am a quasi-AEW fan. I very rarely watch the television product. But then the pay-per-views will come around, and like I get amped. I get excited. It's like, okay, this feels like a big deal. I'm going to watch the pre-show. I'm going to watch the 
road to double or nothing, whatever pay-per-view it is, revolution, resolution, whatever. And I'll jump in and I'll go from there. But this evening when we're recording, that, that did not strike me as an outcome in my life for this show, which is a bummer because I want to like professional wrestling, but sometimes it makes it hard. Wait, 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 but Dan, we're not talking about AEW tonight. We're not. We're talking about CZW's Tournament of Death 4. I don't have a subtitle for this show. Oh, I do now. CZW, Tournament of Death 4, explicit content. (laughs) I love CZW so much. CZW, banned my ass into explicit content. Dan. We, I don't remember actually how we came about the show. It was, it felt like some brainstorming we were doing of, hey, what are some shows we could do? I can't remember if I picked this. We were going to have Tanner on. Schedules couldn't make sense. My life got too busy to watch another show after this. So we had to go run with it. We'll have Tanner on down the line. I guarantee it. But now, did, did we watch this pre-recording last week, last episode? Well, maybe around the same time. It feels like it was a long time ago. Yes, we did watch this pre-recording last episode. This was going to be that episode, but I think we just pivoted out of that to give ourselves a little bit more time. I... So, yeah, I don't remember how we came about this show other than we like Tournament of Death 3. First episode, episode number one, go listen to it, get the lore, then come back around. But let's start off with our our lineups here, Dan. We have Sexy Eddie, Madman Pondo, Brain Damage, Necro Butcher, Nate Webb, Eddie Kingston, J.C. Bailey, Toby Klein, Beef Wellington, Ian Rotten, Nick Gage, and Zandig. How'd you feel about this lineup going in? Uh, I think it's a good lineup. I mean, we're getting a lot of returns from Terminal Death 3, which we loved. And we're adding in Eddie Kingston. We're adding in Zandig. We're adding in Ian Rotten. Those are all good things, in my opinion. And uh, so I was pretty, I was pretty hyped for this show. And you have never, what, not watched the show before, correct? I believe I have not. No. Okay. Me neither. Me neither. There so. is one spot that I'm sure I saw a GIF of or downloaded on like a, you know, twenty second clip off LimeWire that we'll get to later. <laughs> but but most of it, or if not most of it, every other part, I have no memory of. Got it. And this is from July thirtieth. 2005, so sort of in that peak indie time frame here. Even if that's usually associated with the peak ROH, by and large. Dan, I do, let, do you want to do the pre-show stuff? The stuff that comes in the front uh, at Smartmark Videos files of the show? I skipped most of it. I stopped in for the Eddie Kingston portion and then went straight to the first match. So do you think there's anything worth discussing besides Eddie Kingston who it, it was a pretty typical Eddie promo which is also saying it is pretty great um talking shit about Zandig and doing drug rehab so hell yeah to that but Beef Wellington also does a promo uh, where he does not realize he has agreed he has signed up for Tournament of Death. He believes he's signed up for another competition where he gets to prove his mettle. A more of a best of the best situation. But Sexy Eddie breaks the news. Hey, no, you dumb shit. You signed up for <laughs> Tournament of Death just now. And he just keeps saying out loud, I'm a shooter. That, uh, that'll that play into the show later. So that's, that is important. I shouldn't have skipped that, I guess. You missed a great bit. You missed a great yeah. bit. It's very funny. It's very funny. All right. In, in my defense, when you open this up, when I watch it on high spots, which is why I watched it, you open it up. It's it's like a four hour 
files. So I was like, I got to cut corners wherever I can here. I get this. I get this. I watched on the award-winning internet wrestling television. So It's funny that it's on both services and probably, I assume, CZW Studios as well. Yes. So it's really yeah, on wherever you want. a trifecta. Yeah. Gotta get on fight. It's also probably on the new streaming service. The premier streaming service. Which I think that might be the name of the streaming service. I think I think you're right. Okay. Anywho. Do you want to hop into the professional wrestling action? Robert? Let's get into it. Let's start with Sexy Eddie versus J.C. Bailey in a barbed wire madness match. Dan. We're starting the match off with Sexy Eddie stripping for some women. Yeah, Just, I believe he brings three women into the ring to, to grind on them. Yes. Some classic Sexy Eddie shenanigans. The crowd is yelling Lots of things that you should not ever say. Truly. Um, now, I think that if you ignore all that and just get right to the match, it was good. It was fun. Um, it's like a it's a barbed wire match, but they they spend a lot of time like they have a it's like a barbed wire madness match was like a ladder match to get a barbed wire bat, which is funny because it's a ring just littered with weapons. So it's like, you got to get that bad. These other weapons, they don't matter. But if you get past that, there's some really cool spots. Uh, I like them. They, there's like a fight over a staple gun where they're shooting staples at each other's faces and like monkey flipping each other. Um, and then like Eddie gets sandwiched between the the barbed wire board and he takes a double stomp. Uh, like just, it's just like, it's kind of just a collection of fun spots with two, you know, athletic guys. Um, oh, there's a spot where Eddie gets the goes for the Sasuke trash can over the over himself jump, but JC Belly just trips him. Uh, but yeah, all in all, I don't think it's like you're never gonna remember it, but like lots and lots of big spots that they just went back and forth, back and forth to. Yeah, I think um, the staple gun being hung above the ring like it's the ultimate X is yeah. very funny, but CZW budget. So it's just kind of like close, close hanger above the ring. That's good. And you don't seem a, a pleased by this. I, I think it's fine. Uh, actually, this is like a random story. Chuck Taylor tells a story about winning whatever CZW's Money in the Bank version was because the guy who was supposed to win it was pulling on it, pulling on it, pulling on it. Couldn't get it, fell off the ladder and Chuck touched it and it fell, it fell into his hands. Which is just like really good indie wrestling stuff. That's great. That's good business, Dan. Yeah. Yeah. So question for you, because I could not make out the commentary. Was J.C. Bailey um, stapling corn posters to Sexy Eddie, like the rock band corn? Or was it porn as in nudity? Okay. I think it was porn. Okay. But they kept calling it porn posters exactly which is a weird phrase yes that you don't hear a lot that was where my confusion came i was like okay corn posters. and a corn poster would not been out of place no it would have made CW perfect show. sense yeah thus my confusion dan the the world would never know and obviously in 2005 we're not dealing with 1080p no the, no the resolution not super high res for CZW. Who would have thunk it? Could have and been. You, said you, said you couldn't make out commentary. I'm going to guess that's a plus. Yes. I barely listened to it. You don't. You don't need to. Um. But did did you enjoy it? I thought it was all right. I thought yeah. it was okay. Maybe good. I was not unhappy about this match. Oh, I didn't even mention the finish, which is fantastic. <laughs> Uh, Bailey throws thumbtacks into Sexy Eddie's very small tights and kicks him in the groin and wins. And I'm like, that's that's a good finish. It was very silly. I dug that. I dug that. Um, 
All right. Dan, any other thoughts on Sexy Eddie versus oh, JC? Oh. After the match, JC Bailey rips off those tights to expose Sexy Eddie. And that is when national television star Bryce Wimsberg t- takes his t shirt off to cover up Eddie's penis. <laughs> and I just like wrestling. That's all I have to say about all that. You're just a big fan. You're just a big I'm fan of that. wrestling. That's why I'm really in the XPW. <laughs> oh, man. Oh. Naga Butcher, you know? We'll get to him. We'll get to him. Next up. Madman Pondo versus Toby Klein. The fans bring the weapons match. Dan, how we doing? Uh, I love this. Um, it's it's fair to me if you don't, but I love this. This is the thing I said I remember the spot for. It's it's the finish. It's when there's a board of pencils, which is disgusting, which is stupid, and should never be used in pro wrestling, but it is. And Pondo eats a Death Valley driver into it later. I'm like, I've definitely seen that at some point in my sicko pro wrestling fandom. But this is just too disgusting. I'm going to say it. I'm going to be rude to Pondo and Toby Klein, but two disgusting dudes doing disgusting things. We got light tubes. Uh, Pondo does his spot where he puts him in uh, Toby in the corner, sets a light tube bundle on, on his crotch, and then throws a bowling ball into it. I'm like, that's a good time. Oh, yeah. This match is just a blast. Yeah. Oh, there's a I somehow saw that there's a there's a sex doll involved. It's got it all, really. Yeah. Fans bring the weapon matches are kind of hit or miss because you're relying on the brains of a bunch of weirdos to bring weapons that are at all entertaining and not just a million thumbtack wiffle ball bats. And I think they did that. That pencil board, pencil table, whatever, heinous creation, but also perfect, beautiful, inspired. We need more Fanta Brings Weapons matches with those type of creative geniuses at play. And I think the finishes is pretty gnarly that you kind of referenced. The airplane spin definitely driver into it. Pondo has a pencil fully shoved up his ass. That's incredible. Dan, what are your other thoughts? Um, I thought it did. It was, I thought I don't know. My RCZW lore is just going tournament to tournament. But I thought I did a good job of putting Toby Klein over Madman Pondo. You know, because Toby Klein wasn't in last year's and this year's, and it made him seem like a killer. And uh, yeah, man, that was good stuff. This was the match I was excited to get Tanner on for. I know he's a big Pondo guy. He's a big Pondo guy. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll get his thoughts in posts. We'll see. We'll <laughs> see. All right, moving on is Brain Damage versus Beef Wellington in a two out of three tables match. I am against all of the two out of three gimmick matches in general for death matches. I think they're very silly. They don't make a lot of sense. They're not always a ton of fun. That said, I think that's all right here. I think Beef is pretty darn good at making that this gimmick feel totally fine. Because um, they play up the bit of him being more of a wrestler and Brain Damage being, you know, the kind of wrestler that would be named Brain Damage. Dan, what are your thoughts? Um, I kind of echo those thoughts. It's it's interesting because it's like, is brain damage his name because he's stupid or is he playing a gimmick? I don't know. I also think he's dead. So maybe I shouldn't say those things, but he uh, beef does a really good job of playing the, I don't want no part of this. He does a really funny thing in the beginning where he starts the match with a, a low blow and then asks the ref to DQ him. The ref's like, you're in a death match tournament. Um, it's just followed up by brain damage, doing things like going for a pen attempt where it's like, do neither of these men understand the rules? Are, are they in on the joke? I don't know, but I liked it. Um, it's a two out of three. So, like, it's it's good because, you know, Beef gets in the accidental, not the accidental, but, like, he gets in the, the fluky one table spot. So, you know, they get it all tied up and then, you know, going for the win. There will be another penitent before that. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it just... 
I mean, it's sloppy. It's confusing at times, but it's kind of like a fun change. Like beef was a fun change of pace for this kind of show. So like, why well, don't I'm not in love with it? And I kind of wish maybe beef was in there with somebody else, which I think I've enjoyed brain damage matches in the past, but it might just because I'm thinking about him versus Necro, but it just, he didn't bring a lot to the table here. I, I think my favorite spot of the match is the flaming table spot. It is ludicrous. He beef essentially razors edges him out over the ropes. Doesn't look like he's going to get it and just muscles him up one more time to, to hit it. Absolutely bonkers. Doesn't look like he physically should be able to pull it off. Very goofy. It would have been way cool if we pulled it off the first time when the table was on fire. Because by the time Brain Damage hits it, it's pretty much not on fire anymore. You know what? I think it's for the best. We're CZW's ability to take to take out fires, not stellar. So <laughs> you should wait for them to go out. And I thought the finish was fun. I thought the finish was like perfect amount of goofiness. Like, hey. They're at least playing up the vibe of the match and what the story that's being told. And the story isn't just dudes punching each other in the head, which is a good story when dudes are punching each other in the head. But playing up the, hey, Beef is sort of a fish out of water, but a good enough wrestler to hang in here against someone that is a lot more primal in nature than he is. Yeah, I mean, you're sandwiched between Pondo and Klein and Necro Butcher and Ian Rotten, like, you have to do something different, and I think they did. I think that was smart. Yeah. Well, with that said, let's talk about it. Necro Butcher versus Ian Rotten. Dan, what are your thoughts? Uh, we start with an Ian promo, where I like it because, it, one, it's an Ian promo, but it's on CW, so it's short, which is crazy, because I'm thinking we're going to get, like, a, you know, 40-minute promo, but we don't. We get, like, a little 30-second pre-tape where he's like, I've done it all. Except I haven't done it all. I've never won Tournament of Death. Uh, Homeless Jimmy is injured. And Ian thinks that makes him a pussy for dropping out. And Ian's going to win the tournament. Uh, This is a home run derby match. Uh, And it's fucking awesome. These guys just beat the shit out of each other. The headbutts are sick. The, uh, the, the, The punches are sick. Everything is done with like hatred and force and they're both bleeding so much. And it's just like, I mean, I hate the man. I hate Necro who he is, but he's so good at this time period. Like the little things he does, like he's fighting him. He's fight like he's fighting from underneath not to be penned. Um, The punching of the air when he's out of it. Um, And I mean, his Facebook nowadays is nothing but hate and minor league baseball. So he was made for this match. And there's a uh, there's like a point where Ian's just swinging full force trying to hit Butch or Necro, and it's like almost terrifying. It's like I do not want him to hit him this hard. Uh, but yeah, I I love this. This was awesome. Yeah, I think this match rocks. It is, I I feel comfortable saying this now, the most like harrowing match of his whole tournament. Both Necro and Eater just throw in balls to the wall. Just full force going at it, as you would hope with these two individuals. Like you said, Necro during this time period is just out of this world. He is one of the... There are so many shitty people in wrestling that I just... Sometimes just like, okay, we're going to have to deal with the fact that that's just the case. Ric Flair... One of the greats is just one of them is a horrendous person. No way about it. Um, the fact that we talk about wrestling, though. Zandik also, to be fair, we'll get to him. We'll get yeah. to him, I guess. Um, but man, match match rocks. He is so good. Ian is so good during this time period as well. Uh, his body's not giving out on him like it is years later. But, man, this is good. This is the good stuff. Uh, finish rocks. Necro getting the Asiatic spike. Ian really 
tries to fight like a motherfucker to get out of this. And that's where they really, like separates the sword match from a lot of the other contests. It's like, oh, this feels like an actual struggle here. Like he is being forced against his will to not be able to continue this tournament anymore and have his arm go down three times to get called out. There it is. That's the match. Dan, any other thoughts here? Uh, I just think Ian says it best afterwards. He's covered in blood. He says, never in my life, in my career, have I ever seen an individual like the Necro Butcher. Truly. Truly. But Moving yeah, on. Fantastic, yeah. Next one. Nate Webb versus Nick Gage. I, I think this match is pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. I think Gage lays in one of the just sickest beatings we've seen on any of these shows. It just feels like Nate did something that he wasn't supposed to. That Gage was not a huge fan of. And it gets taken to the woodshed, just quite frankly. Fucking ruthless out here. Dan, what are your thoughts? Um... I'd like to start out with one time I was at a hillbilly bar in Pennsylvania and I played Teenage Dirtbag 20 times on their jukebox. And it was well received. <laughs> but this was this was fun because this is like the closest you get to one of these matches in the two terms we covered from CTW of uh, almost a squash. It's like a deathmatch squash. Like I know that Nate Webb hit some offense, but I can't remember any of it. I just remember him bumping like a maniac um i mean like there's spots that are kind of even like there's dueling over a ladder but it just it just ends with gage superplexing uh nate webb through the log cabin for the win like everything that every bit of offense that nate got in ended with nick gage killing him like in my mind i'm trying to picture nate webb doing something off like on the offense and it's just like nope nick gage you know manhandled him and, and killed him after that uh it's it's just really funny because like this is the area like nick gage is a heel in this tournament which i think he was last year in the two tournament death three too it's just so funny the picture because i don't know that that would be at all possible in 2023 nick gage is a heel but it's it was fun i like that both these guys were were good yeah yeah i think there is one particular spot where gage power bombs web onto like the edge of the table so that essentially instead of like breaking through he's landing webs neck on the leg of the table if that makes any sense it just looks gnarly as hell and like oh that's that's not where a person goes because that's the only part of the table where there's reinforcement that no don't do that please for the love of all that is holy this match, it rocks. All right, moving on. We got Eddie Kingston, technically-ish. Eddie Kingston and Robbie Marino and Ruckus. It's Blackout versus Zandig. It is, I would find it a confusing format for a match. It is, nonetheless, doesn't matter in the end. But a little confusing on my end. Dan, what were your thoughts? Definitely confusing. But in the way in which I feel like if I knew what was going on, I'd love it. <laughs> because all these people are awesome. Um, Zandig comes out and he, you know, of course, gets on the mic. I think everyone gets on the mic before this match. It's like everyone's like, we all get a turn to talk. Um, then they double team him. And music kicks on, which everyone there knew the music, but I, I didn't. It's Joker. He's back. And then I I was shit-talking the commentary earlier, but this is a quote. Joker is back. I thought he was in Iraq. And that's amazing. That's amazing to hear, and it's amazing in the match. And it kind of becomes a tag match at this point. Um, still, at this point, that makes it three on two, uh, which is also still confusing. But so much as this is awesome. Like, Eddie Kingston is Eddie Kingston going around, punching everyone in the face. Um, 
I mean, I liked Joker in this. I don't remember being a big Joker guy. Um, because he came out like, you know, just a you know, big baby face just coming to save the day and, he, and it worked. Um, Ruckus, who I guess is the one that's not officially in the match. I'm not really sure. Uh, has that the movie does the, the razzle dazzle, I believe it's called. And when, uh, when Zandig hits it, it's probably the highlight of the show at this point. And maybe the highlighter highlight of wrestling. Yes, uh, it is. It is a big over. It's a big deal. And I loved it. Yeah, this match is overbooked to all get out, but it's a lot of fun from beginning. And you get Joker and Eddie Kingston headbutting each other with barbed wire. Very religious. I love it. It's fantastic. It is a lot. Also, commentary does say towards the beginning of the match, never thought I would like watching someone pregnant get beat up, um, which is just a <laughs> wild line. Uh it is doing a lot of work here. It's just as tough to recap because there's so much that happens. And that's from me who doesn't even understand what's happening. Here's the thing. Do you, I think it is lofty to say you would like this more if you knew, knew what was going on. Slash that there was more to know what was going on. You're saying I give I'm giving them too much benefit of the doubt. You're giving them a lot of benefit of the doubt. All right, all right. Uh, just <laughs> well, I'm con- saying I didn't know Joker was gone, so like I can't be excited that Joker's back. <laughs> I had no idea he was in Iraq. Um. Yeah, to be fair, I did not know when he was gone because I felt like he was gone towards the end of the decade. For that reason, maybe he had multiple tours. I don't know, Dan. I'm not keeping up on Joker lore in that way. Very, I mean, very silly match. You're right. It's very like there's no storyline context that like makes sense that Zandig tries to cover Ruckus for a pin like late in the match when he is clearly not in the match early on. But I mean, it's it seems like it's all in good fun. Uh, and then Joker, I like this. The Joker hits the move that gives Zandig the win. I mean, that's, you know, I don't think people expect that kind of stuff from Zandig, but there's, there it is. There we go. I found this so offensive that it was inoffensive. Like it's just a fun time. Yeah. Yeah. There is, there is a certain charm to this match. So definitely, definitely dig that after the match, Zandig shakes Eddie's hand and first time of the night, Zandig goes into a thank you all for coming. We got a great show ahead in our one of this tournament. He has already given the crowds. Hey, thanks for being here, folks. Amazing. Great, great time. Now you're ready to get in round two. Let's do it. We're we're moving, we're shaking. It's brain damage versus necro butcher. What what are your thoughts here? Um, this confirmed my suspicion from the round one that brain damage wasn't bringing a lot to this show. Um, he bleeds a lot in this, like he bleeds so much, but besides that, it's just like a one man show, like Necro Butcher beating the crap out of him. They use a filing cabinet as a weapon. Uh, at one point they have like a golf club versus baseball bat, uh, you know, fight, which ends with the bat flying into the crowd, which is just like... <laughs> That's fine, I guess. You go to see these other show, you know what you know what you're getting. Um, I think the biggest problem I have with this is that of all the Necro Butcher matches from last tournament and the ones we've seen so far, this is the weakest. Yeah, this definitely feels like a match Necro could have with anyone. That brain damage did not need to be here. That you put any large lug, and I would argue that brain damage is any large lug. Of them RIP. Um, this match would be practically identical. That's not bad necessarily. I think a, that version of a Necro Butcher match is still better than most matches, but also not necessarily something you need to go out of your way for and wouldn't be considered a net positive for 
this tournament. And unlike the other fans bring the weapons match, this didn't feel like it got hurt by the fact that, okay, there's nothing fun here. The no one there's no additionally good weapons to use. It's just kind of the same old shit and none of it is feels as impactful than the regular items that you could just have at a professional wrestling match, which is always a bummer. Uh, that never helps your case. I think the finish rocks. Were you a fan? Did that work for you? Uh, yes. Which butcher just being like, "Hey, you're a bitch." Well, yes, yes. Yeah. It's brain damage laying it into Necro, punching him about a dozen times, un unresponded. Then Necro flipping out of a powerbomb attempt from like the midway going up instead of flipping out when he's already up there. Then starts throwing out his own punches. Puts on a thumbtack boxing glove. It's just, yeah, owns him completely at that point. I I mean, I kind of wish the boxing glove was the finish because the, the face bust there on the tubes wasn't. No, it didn't matter. It wasn't the best, but I mean, it, it was fun. It was like, it was fun. Necro just being like, no, we're done with this. It, it felt very definitive. Okay. Yeah. We're, we're going to put this down now. So, yeah, my, my last note is, would have been great for brain damage just to go down with a punch, but whatever. So, we are on the same page. We are on the same page. Oh, any other thoughts here with brain damage versus Necro Butcher? No, I think we're kind of seeing, like I said, we, we talked about it. We're kind of seeing this is the replacement Levron Necro match, which is still really good. Yep. It's just nothing yep. to write home about. Yeah. All right. Next up, it's Toby Klein versus Zandig. Did you think this was weird? I didn't think this was good. I didn't oh, think this was good. I liked it. It's just very weird. It's like they start out and they're really playing up on the fact that both these guys kind of have a, they kind of have a presence, an aura, and they're, they're being more conservative where they're fighting over the tubes. Like it's not so, just like to be smash, clear, smash, sorry. smash. Just to get us right into it. This is a oh. two out of three light tube bundle. Match, oh, yes, yes. Which is important to know. Also, me stating once again, I do not like these stipulations of death matches because I don't think these are particularly fun to build around. I don't think these two necessarily built around that all that wonderfully. And it would have been well, just I- a lot funner with just, hey, this is a light tomb bundle match, period. That's see, I kind of think exactly that's what I mean by it being weird. It's kind of like they started out with the fun, with some fun stuff, and then they just threw in the three bundle spots because they had to. They felt, it felt like you said, like we either needed more bundle spots or just the one. I don't know. I liked it. Both these guys look good, but I also don't know that I don't have the cage match in front of me. I don't know how long it was. It felt really short. Especially for a two out of three, but I mean, yeah, I, I'm. I think it was one of the weaker matches of the tournament so far. It was seven and a half minutes. Okay. It is the second shortest match of the tournament. Oh man, that J.C. Bailey sexy item match was fifteen minutes. It did not feel fifteen minutes. No, it did not at all. That's yeah, it's a compliment to them because that's by far the longest match of the tournament, the first round of the tournament. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's the second longest. So this is the second shortest. It feels longer. Um, I don't know. I like I don't hate it. It's just not not super fun to me. Um I watched the if you if you watch these shows from like the smart work video files, which I'm assuming that's what's on high spots in the end yes. of the day. After every match during this time period I don't know when they stopped, but you get highlights of the match. And they showed the Falcon Arrow from the table through the tubes at least five times versus that in that one two to three minute video package. <laughs> Which well, it is really funny they get a three minute highlight package of a seven minute match. Yeah, it's not easy. But, no, it's You're not the easy. Do a lot there. Um, but it's essentially this 
in the mother effing bomb over and over again. I'm like, okay. I mean, that is pretty much all that feels like it happens during this match. But still, give me something else. Yeah, I think inclined to me does some is someone that does better when it's like visceral violence all the time. He the Pondo match I think is like okay they're just they're doing fun bits, but also like everything is done with a plum and a disrespect for themselves and each other, and we don't get that here to to my belief. I I think the mother effing bomb is a sick move though, especially when Zandig is shouting CZ Dub during it. Oh yeah. And the way he kind of just, it seems like he kind of just decides, I'm doing this right now. Like seven minutes. Like he's almost a necro thing over again. We're like, this is, this is the end. It's really what it felt like. And it was, it was, it was great. That finish was great. I mean, it's just, I don't know. I think if you, I think if you are excited by that lineup, if you look at, if you look at those two names that excite you, you're probably gonna be disappointed. Yeah. Truly, truly. Dan. We're gonna move on to the next match. Yeah, final semifinal. The final semifinal, a match that I watched one more time just before this recording, is Nick Gage versus J.C. Bailey. Damn. Now we talked about how we watched this so long ago. You terrified me because you said you were watching Nick Gage versus Nick Mondo. Yes, a Freudian slip. <laughs> and I was like, oh my god! Three weeks ago, I watched the wrong show. <laughs> Uh, when they're no, sweaty, really... they look identical. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I can see it. Um, I actually think I, when we first started watching this, so I said something that's not super nice. Where I said I thought by wa- looking at J.C. Bailey, I thought this was closer to the end of his life. He looked a little rough sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, he he lives much longer after this and has a really good match with Nick Gage. I, I like this a lot. Um, it's just a lot of glass. <laughs> Uh, a lot of bleeding. Nick Gage is bleeding coming to the ring. Um, they there's just lots of like the, the beginning of the match is just really cool. But you get the the exchange hair, chair shots, which you know you're not going to get in 2023. The, you know lots of concussions. Bailey's biting them, um, and then they just break a lot of glass near a lot of CCW fans, and that's funny and cool. Um, I mean, there's another one which probably only also probably like eight minutes long, and it feels like. They broke all the glass in the world. And it was pretty sick at times, and I liked it. Yeah. Oh, the finish was uh, it was a pile driver at the top, right? The second rope? Second rope, yeah. And that's that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. That is a, that is a sick finish to this. I am not nearly as high on this match as you. Nope. I thought this was pretty plotting. I felt... Like, okay, the Klein and Zandig match and this match back-to-back felt very similar to me. And the fact that, like, okay, just not a lot feels like it's happening. I just feel like I'm stuck in a time loop of, okay, when's the sick shit happening? Um, It's neither here nor there, I guess. Like, it just this felt like a tough match for me to get into. Like, I was just waiting for things to ratchet up. Um... And it just ne- it never did it in my book, which was a bummer. I, I was really looking forward to this one. I think you get this a lot, even though I like this more than you. I think you get this a lot, not just in terms of death, but in a lot of deathmatch tournaments where the highlights are going to be the first round and the finals. The semifinals are guys saving themselves. Yeah. Because they know they have to do some disgusting things in the final. Yes. Yeah. Very much so. Very much so. Um. All right. Do you have anything else you want to add here? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think I covers it. All right, let's hop into it. It is the finals. It is Nick Gage versus Necro Butcher versus Zandig. The Holy Trinity, I would say, of CZWers. I'm going to briefly mention that we both skipped a student battle royal, which I didn't mm-hmm. care about, but I just was checking it right now, and it was Danny Havoc's first match, which is kind of cool. Yes, uh, I, I I, I skipped through it. it. So I yeah. like saw folks that were in it, and I saw I was like, oh, that looks like Danny Havoc. That's weird, but also 
I would have just assumed Danny Havoc has already been wrestling at this point. Why? I don't know. But for some reason, I was like, okay, yeah, he's been around for two years plus by 2005. He is not. No, this, he was looks not like it was the first. Yeah. Uh, but, anyway, but yeah, this this main event. Wax um, wins. Oh yeah, Wax. Who I feel like maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. I want to say he's like was their photographer. I would check out. But I don't know. Anywho. But I like. Did you, did you say the name of the finals? The name of the match. I did not. It is the whatever the fuck is left death match. I believe. Uh, you have like you said, like you said, Necro Butcher, Zandig, Nick Gage, just the three. You know, three of the four Mount Rushmore dudes. And then they trot out Gypsy Joe. Goodness gracious. Who, who is, I believe, 130 years old. Uh, wearing the longest referee shirt and just tights underneath it. So it looks like he's pantsless, which I guess he is pantsless, but it looks ridiculous. Uh, it's uh, it's 10 years after the original, you know, Terry Funk, Cactus Jack, King of the Death Match, that Gypsy Joe refereed. So they're going for that. Um He's done a lot of living in those 10 years. Yeah, it's it's pretty rough. Uh, Zandig comes out and cuts up a Why is he wearing pants, Dan? Why is he not wearing pants? Yeah. I don't know. And he's instantly getting heckled by the crowd for not wearing pants. Why did no one in the back say, hey, man, you want to throw some pants on? Even in, some, like, it's very clear shorts? he needed to be wearing pants for large <laughs> durations of this match. Because he did not want to put those knees Anywhere near the ground. Why couldn't they just have Gypsy Joe hand the trophy to the winner? Well, that's it clear. He didn't, it's clear he didn't want to referee this match for most of the match. I'm sorry. Zandig's got to hand the trophy to him. Oh, well, yeah. Regardless if you won, lost, or <laughs> it was Zandig handing the trophy to Zandig if he won. Which in theory could have been what was supposed to happen. I don't know. We'll get into it. Um, I define this match as very weird, Dan. Yeah. Well, I wanted to start out with this is very important. I think Zandig immediately coming out and cutting a cardboard cutout of Frank Talent with a knife. Uh, Frank Talent's like a he works for like the commission in Pennsylvania, I believe. Perfect. So I'm so sure they'll say, Dan, that made no sense to me. Who is Frank Talent? So I'm glad you broke that down for me. I'm sure there was some drama. Maybe it was supposed to be in Pennsylvania and now they're in Delaware. I couldn't tell you that's so many years ago and I wasn't a diehard CCW fan, but I just, I just thought that bare mentioning, like they went to all the trouble of making a cardboard cutout of this man. And then, and then cutting it with a knife. And so much of this match is like weird violence, like, and then confusion. The wrestlers seem confused at times. Gypsy Joe is always confused. Nick Gage, like kind of disappears. I think until he gets put through like, a flaming table? Like, I don't know, like... I, I, I saw this lineup, and I was really, really excited, and it's just not amazing. Did, did you... I mean, you just called it weird. Were you, were you a fan? I would say I am indifferent to this one. Okay. I was not against it, but also, it was odd. Uh, I think Gypsy Joe... Moving around his little body the way he was helped alleviate some of my, like, oh, this is boring. <laughs> Mostly because I'm fearing for this man's life. Like, not that he's going to get hurt by the wrestlers, that he's going to literally die or he'll cut himself and just blood thinners bleed out. Boom. Done. Gonzo's. That's the thing. I know, I know they did stuff, but I didn't take a ton of notes. And all I can, every, everything I'm thinking about is Gypsy Joe. Uh, important note from earlier. We discussed brain damage beef collecting. That best best thing for brain damage that he did not go through that table when it was on fire. Because good lord, Nick Gage gets on fire during this match and he is just out on fire for way too long <laughs> an obscene amount of time. Um and they finally get fire extinguishers out it feels like for the first time they've never seen a fire extinguisher for their lives they just bought one at walmart during the entire match and went out hey we just need a couple of fire extinguishers brought him back nick gage had already extinguished himself 
by the time any part of that crew was in position to do a damn thing about it. Now, he extinguishes the fire by removing the flaming shirt. And then what I really enjoy is he puts the shirt back on after. Well, it's good now. It's not a fire, Dan. That was the problem. <laughs> I don't know why that <laughs> stuck with me. When I watched him put that shirt back on, I was like, no, you can, that's just, you're doing that. That shirt's done. You're fine. Get a new shirt, if anything. Uh, there's, I know we're really, I feel like I'm being mean to Gypsy Joe, but there's the part where Zandig small packages Necro clear as day. Gypsy counts the three count. And then Zandig gets up and goes, no, no, I didn't win. And then, I don't know, like a minute later, Butcher punches him and pins Necro. And then Zandig's eliminated. But it's just that you rarely see the wrestler pop up and be like, no way I won that. Yeah. And Necro seems very confused when his pin does count. Um, he He's like, oh, that was two. That was two? And Gypsy's like, no, that's... That was three. We're moving on in our lives. I'm f- already <laughs> forgot what happened five seconds ago. Please don't ask me another question. Where am I? But yeah, it, the crowd is very not happy with this moment when Necro pins in. Yeah, I don't know. I wish. I, I think it's all, it's between the confusion and then the expectations you have when you hear Zandig, Necro, engage. This is a f- fairly disappointing finals. Um, even the finish is... Uh, what does he do? He sends him through uh, like a three-tiered glass plane table thing. Yeah. It doesn't like feel... Someone made in woodshop... Yeah, a holder for three panes of glass separated by about three to four inches a piece that could be placed nicely and flat on a table so that Necro could not quite DVD Nick, Nick Gage, but just kind of dump them through this structure. It's it's like kind of an FU. Yes. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't seem any more violent than most of the glass stuff going on in Gage Bailey, in my opinion. I don't, you know, a lot of this term of death, a lot of them are like kind of building up to the final spot, which, you know, this was, this was disappointing. I'm just, that's kind of where I'm at with it. None of the guys looked horrible. Um, they just all looked confused and almost like they just didn't have a time to plan, but they had the whole show to plan, you would assume. Yeah, it's just like, and that's why I have a hard time holding this match to like a certain standard. Just because it feels like everyone's sort of figuring it out as they go. Which is not always a positive, and I would say probably not a positive in this instance. But where Zandig and Klein or um, Bailey engaged, like, oh, they did what they kind of wanted to do. I just... I just don't think they did it well or didn't do enough. Um, And these three just seem like, I don't know what we're doing here. I don't know why we got Gypsy Joe here. Gypsy Joe doesn't know why they're here. It's a whole lot of, what are we doing, folks? Figuring it out as we go. I don't know if call it in the ring works when you're doing all these deathmatch spots and you got Gypsy Joe wandering around. I think you need to have a little more plans. (laughs) Yeah, you need to have a few more... uh, Doss in the chart there. And my favorite part of Necro matches, and true for both of the other Necro matches, especially the Ian match, is that in most of his death matches, is never you're never waiting. You're never waiting around for stuff. Things are always happening. Yeah, that is not true for this match. No, normally Necro is really good at filling all those moments with something, and it's just a lot of, like I said, a lot of waiting, a lot of walking, a lot of confusion. Yeah, and if I'm gonna wait. I want to see some kind of crazy spot because there's shows where, you know, you're waiting and then they're jumping off of a, a, a truck and you're like, okay, well I get why I had to wait to see that spot that takes some setting up, but I'm waiting and waiting and waiting for them to just even figure out what's next. Yeah. Two thirds of the finals of turn of death three with wife beater and Necro was climbing a box truck. Yeah. I was like, okay, like they had a very, they had a very much a game plan of what that finish was going to be. I don't think it was worth it, but you know what? I saw what you were doing. I get why that took so long. 
Here, I don't know. Biggest spot is Gage Land of Fire to me. So, there we go. Dan, have we have we wrapped up? I think we have. And I think okay. this is one of the ones where the show, for whatever reason, left a positive impact on me. Like, it left me with positive feelings at the time. And then we go through it and I go, oh. Oh. Oh, yeah. Yes, Dan. I think I'm... I'm coming out slightly more positive than I went in. To this oh, show. I think I'm the opposite. So maybe we'll just meet in the middle. That's so funny. Yeah, I just want you to know, I just went in, I have the awards, you know, notion page open and I had a score written down and I just lowered my score. There we go. I love it. Yeah. Got yeah. It. We're, we're a bunch of haters. Always hating. Which is something you talked about on Q&2R. On I said, I mean, wrestling, I guess network. We like hating wrestling. We don't like hating the WWA. Um, yeah, we want to like things. We want oh, things sure. to be good. We are not watching things with the intent of things not being good or not living up to our expectations. Um, we're just hard to please. Miserable bastards that we are. <laughs> I do you want to give over our matches of the night? I think we're going to have a similar one. I'm just going to go on a limb and say that we're both putting Necro Butcher versus Ian Rotten. I have Nate Webb versus Nick Gage. That is shocking to me. <laughs> Tell me how, why Necro versus Ian gets the nod here. Because it's Necro and Ian punching each other in the face for seven minutes. And it's glorious. And like I said, I think the biggest thing to me was it felt, the. I mean, like I said about Necro, everything feels like a fight. Everything feels earned. Everything feels like it leads to the next thing. Um, there's not a single wasted moment in that. And like you said, this is Ian before his body starts to fall apart, so he's game for all of it too. Um, those headbutts are probably part of the reason both these guys are the way they are. Uh, but I loved it. Yeah, I I'm, think I'm, the match rocks. Yeah, I'm a little shocked by that. I, I just I wish there was a little more Nate Webb offense, but maybe that's the point. I don't know. Yeah, that is the point. I ain't got anyone Nate Webb getting offense in. Okay. If you're gonna if you're gonna do a like an absolutely blow the doors off them type match, just do it. Don't lollygag. And I don't think they lollygagged. I think they just went straight to it. It's like, hey, Nick Gage is gonna run right through Nate Webb, and he's not gonna do a damn thing about it because he's not of that caliber. He's not that guy. Especially when it's turn of the death, turn of death time. Especially when it's death match season. He should have just stayed in his lane, but he didn't, and he got put in his place because of it. I think Necro versus Ian is great. I think Webb versus Gage feels a little bit more like more of something I want out of these tournaments, where okay. Butcher versus Ian. I would have loved. Even more in the second round, I feel like, in the sense that, okay, I now actually have something I can look forward to in between this and the finals. But here's like, okay, it's just, it's a great match. I think it rocks. I just. I get what you're saying. And then they easily could have pulled that off in the semifinals, too, where there's no big elaborate spots. And, yeah. And then maybe we could have got Necro versus Beef in the first round, which I think would have been brilliant. Beautiful. That would have been beautiful. All right. Wrestler of the tournament. I mean, I think you won't be surprised. I went Necro Butcher. I also went Necro Butcher. Okay. I don't think there's going to be. I don't know. I, someone could say Nick Gage. I would disagree. Pretty, pretty decently there. I love obviously the first round matchup, but the other matches are not that good. I don't think so. That's hard to do. And Necro, the brain damage match again. It's a match that's like okay. It's, just a necro butcher performance without much of another side, but it still elevates it to a better place. So I uh, would say, Hey, give the nod to necro. You got any more thoughts there for, if you would have, if someone says Zandig on pure charisma, <laughs> I will not, I will not argue you. You can't back it up with any of the matches, but if you're just drawn into his aura, I'm like, okay, I think if Zandig got beat in the finals for, like, was the final pin, I might have considered it. 
because then it's like, oh, I don't the I'm not sure if the tournament works without Zandig. Yeah, he, he I does, get that. He does the whole big first round matchup where it's overbooked as all heck. The second round matchups, not a lot to me, but at least like, he's beating the top deathmatch wrestler of the Midwest, it feels like. And then he goes, I also believe he got on the mic after that match. I don't know if we covered this after that second round match and apologized for it going short, which is funny. I'm positive that was the case. He that's was a just, funny. That's a funny thing to have happen. He apologizes for his match going short and then gets up in the finals. And go, I didn't win. He's just really it's all about the fans. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and I should also we didn't we didn't note it, but he does give Necro Butcher his championship belt. After term of death. With the trophy. It is the trophy and his championship. It's like, ah, you beat me. So, here you go. Um, A funny outcome. A funny outcome. But again, yeah, I think like, okay, if he gets pinned by Necro and that's the final fall and it's not butchered to death, it's like, oh, Zandig makes the tournament. The whole thing revolves around him. Sure, that's kind of narcissistic in some ways. That it almost feels like big brain, galaxy brain, like, Oh, no one's going to think I'm being egotistical when I'm not the final fall of the tournament. I don't know if that's the case uh, when he goes on after the fact. I also think this is the start. I mean, I could be wrong. I think I actually think that maybe tournament of death fluctuates in format a lot. But I mean, I just I want I want a singles match for the most part as my finals. I don't think it's shocking that I'm coming out anti three way final. Yo, I, I don't think so, Dan. I don't think so. All right. Time for ratings. I went with, I had it as a three. I knocked it down to 2.75. I had 2.5. Ooh. Okay. You say it's exactly as good as Super Jacob, and I say it's slightly better. That sounds right. <laughs> yeah, I think that's fair. I think, boom, that's the, that's the line. I think this walks like, okay. There's more charm here, but this does not have Sasuke versus Samurai or Sasuke versus Liger. Man, throw throw Zandig in the J Cup. He gets the razzle dazzle. That would be something. Yeah, give me that. That's the matchup. <laughs> oh, all man. right. Yeah, but like two point five. That's the line, the Super J Cup line, as it were. Now that we'll call that that. Okay. What what do we have for Tournament of Death 3? Oh, I think I got it right here. Let me pull up. Tournament of Death 3. We both had it at 3.5. Okay. So I feel those are good lines. We got the Super J Cup line of, hey, I think it's perfectly average tournament. Just like run of the mill in a lot of ways. At least ratings wise. Okay. (laughs) That's so funny to say. I love that. Tournament of Death 4, Super Jacob 94, kind of the same thing when you think about it. Just like, yeah. But like, when it comes down, those are my emotions essentially about it. It's like, okay, like, at the end of the day, like, if someone said, hey, you have to watch this tournament, like, okay, whatever, I guess. I would not be thrilled. I would not be super pissed. And anything better than that is like, okay, that's cherry on top. Then Terminator Death 3 is, hell yeah, give me more of that. We'll, we'll we'll find out in who knows how long. Hey, what's Tournament of Death 5 like? Just, how how does that once, feel? We've said it once before, and I'll say it again. Like I am so happy that we started with Terminator Death 3. Such a perfect tournament to start the show off with. And much better than we expected. And I wasn't sure if like we'd be like, oh, wow, now that we've watched Super Jacob 94, we gave too high of a rating. Not the case. Not the case. We 17 have... episodes later, I'm happy with what we thought about Terminal Death 3. For the most part, I'm pretty happy with our ratings. Like, I think we have felt fairly comfortable that none of these other tournaments have changed that perspective on things. That's healthy, Dan. That's healthy. All right. Do we want to call out what next episode's tournament is going to be? I, I think we do because it's pretty uh, contemporary, which is not what we do. Yeah, we're, we're covering 
Term of Survival from GCW. That is coming up. That we just saw, and you said it on QTR on the We Don't Know Wrestling Podcast Network. Green Phantoms in it. And that was all I needed here to be on board with that concept when you said, hey, we should do this at some point. I said, well, I think that announced after I brought it up where we were kind of like, yeah, that could be fun. And then they announced the Green Phantoms like, oh, we're doing it. Now we got 100%. it. Yeah. yeah. So that I'm is next Saturday, I believe, right? Yes, it is June 3rd. Saturday. Um, so usually we take two weeks to watch a show. We'll watch this next week when it comes out. I will be watching it illegally. I refuse to give Fight or GCW my money, but excited to talk about their show. <laughs> I was going to say, we don't have a promo code to give out. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> All right. All right. We'll just try typing in. We don't know wrestling. See what happens and hey. uh, watch it. But man, looking at the Turner lineup, it's got sequel pay, green phantom, Joey Janela, John Wayne Murdoch, Casey Kirk, Matt Tremont, Nato Extremo, Rina Yamashita, Surya Rock, Tomio Harada, and Toru Segura. That's a whole that's a whole lineup. I um, mean, that is definitely one of the most interesting I've been in in like a modern deathmatch tournament in quite a while. Yeah. It feels complete in a way that sometimes these tournaments don't. It's like, okay, like this has this has a lot going for it. And usually it's like, okay, moving on. We have three wrestlers that are good and a lot that I could <laughs> not give a shit about. So I'm jazzed. Dan, you have any plugs before we kind of wind this down? No, I guess follow me on Twitter if you want. It's Dan underscore Rice 88. And then listen to me on uh, Q&T discussing some tournaments. And that, that's all. All right, you can follow me on Twitter at Concrete1992. You can follow the podcast network at WDKWPN on Twitter. And yeah, give us a review on iTunes. It would be deeply appreciated. Thank you all for listening, and we'll be back next time.